Hola, and welcome to the Align Podcast with Audrey. Get ready to go behind the scenes and uncover the secrets of what it takes to become an exceptional woman. Join me as we dive deep into the nitty gritty of daily practices that build the foundation of success and happiness. From faith to fitness, mindset work to daily disciplines, we'll explore it all. This podcast is specifically designed for women in their 30s and 40s who are ready to unlock their true potential. So grab your favorite drink, get comfy, and let's embark on this journey together, uncovering the real day-to-day practices that shape extraordinary women. Welcome back, guys. So today I have on the show a woman that I've admired for a long time. And when Sabrina and I did our first Dream Lab conference, she was definitely on the top of my list as one of the women that I wanted to invite. Because when you see her, especially how she conducts herself in the workplace, when you see her with her family, you know that she's definitely someone that has a lot of integrity, a lot of character, and she brings that into everything that she does. So on the show today, we have Jahaira Munoz, who's a senior partner at New York Life. And if you look at her Instagram bio, it says she works for a top 500 company, an executive leader in a, in a top 500 company. That's amazing. Thank you, Audrey. Thank you for inviting me to this um, podcast. Um, and yes, um, it takes a lot to be an executive um, leader in a top 500 company, a mother, a wife, um, but also it takes a lot of faith. A lot of faith. I love that you said that. So let's get right into it. Can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you feel defines you? So um, as you, everybody knows, I am Jahaira Munoz. Um, I have two beautiful children. I'm married to my husband, Aaron. Um, and I am, I've been working in the financial industry for over 14 years. And um, what really defines me is, um, yes, my character is one of them. You hit the spot, but also um, my faith, right? Um, what I believe in, um, what I encourage my family to believe in, even in desperate moments, um, times where um, we only have to, um, we only have God, right? We only have God for an answer. And and that really defines me because in every path of my life, um, whether it's um, early 20s, when you're in that moment of not knowing what you're doing with life and, and, um, and then 30s, you become, for me, you know, I became a mother in my 30s and then raising a kid, uh, second one and also a career and and of course a marriage which is not easy um to have and, and to to maintain um different thoughts different ways different ways of growing um all you have is god all you have is god to direct you in that in that way and and all i say is like if you put me here it's because you're gonna guide me you're gonna take me to the end um, even if there's rough roads in, in the process, you are guiding me. And I believe totally in that. And that really defines me in every stage of my life. At the end of the day, when I look back of anything that I've done is, is God. He was always there. Amen to that. And I'm listening to you and we have this, we have this tendency to look at people on social media 
and be like, qué bonito se ve la vida de ella. You know, so well put together. She's so lucky. She has it all. But as I'm listening to you and you're telling me that these difficult moments were defined by your relationship with God, what were those moments, if you don't mind sharing? Like, you don't have to go in deep, but what were moments that you were just crying on the inside or close the door, cry to yourself and not know how you're going to get through? Definitely. I mean, first, um, you know, married, 28 years old, right? Um, even there, I think you're, you're confused, right? Um, you don't know what you what you do. We have different ways. I mean, first time ever living with my husband. It's not like we were living together. We knew what we were up to, and then we got married. Um, that's a challenge in itself. Um, that's when, yes, you need you need that. You need prayer. You need God at the center. You know, you got us here right after a long, um, I would say, um, on and off. Um, boyfriend girlfriend relationship right and then we definitely ultimately got married then everything the adjustment part right mm -hmm. being married then two years later the first child come in right and it's like the destroyer of your marriage <laughs> i always tell my husband like you know kids are beautiful but they do destroy your relationship i mean it's, it's you know they're they're a gift from god but if you don't know how to separate and balance um and then you don't nobody teaches you that right no nobody so, tells you that and it's so funny because I um I remember when I had my first child I was changing his diaper it was like a middle of the night thing when they're screaming you're exhausted and then I'm like thinking to myself I'm gonna be a single mother <laughs> because like at those moments where like you know you you need support. You don't have anyone to turn to. And then like you have this internalized shame that you're not like, not everything's rainbows and butterflies no. and you don't have anyone to share it with. And it's like, I think that the woman listening is like, yeah, I get it. I get it. But like in those moments we feel alone. Yes, definitely. Because of course your significant stuff is like, Oh, that's you. Right. That's <laughs> the, the child is crying. Even if you have the help, but it's not the same, right? We have this role, right? That we that we believe in ourselves, that we are superwoman and that we need to obviously handle the role because if not, you're the worst mom, right? Or you're not doing your job as a mother, which is another, you know, it, it is a conversation in itself. But um, then, of course, we adjusted to Nicholas. Second child comes up, another challenge, right, Nicholas? three, Mariana's newborn, and the whole nine, you've been through it worse or three, I know, <laughs> I mean, it's back-to-back, -back, right, kind of, um, and, um, of course, financially, struggle, career-wise, struggle, like, uh, making bad decisions financially, we all do, who doesn't, right, we all have those growing pains, um, and then, um, career, do I, take this path the the hard path the more um the more responsibilities right or do i stay in you know the more flexible role where i can own my own time a hundred percent of it and like which one um 
God direct me? Like, what, what do I do? And you have the chatter, um, of course, of your family that believes that you should come home by six, cook, clean, do all these things. But of course, when you were in a certain career, it demands other things. So those things come secondary in your life. And then what do you do? Well, my case, again, faith and, of course, taking ownership and saying I need to hire a staff. I hire people that will do the things that ultimately I love. Uh, I love to cook and all that good stuff, but not because I have to come home and do it. Like, so mm. we hire somebody that can do that. Right. Um, and take care of my kids while I grow mm-hmm. personally and professionally. So you said that that was a decision that you had to make between mm. either going really hard at something or kind of gliding. You know, I'm sure you're, you would have still been successful, but you chose to go hard. What was that like for you? To like, How did you develop that self-concept in your head of what it was going to take and then making the decision like that you were going to have someone else help you at home? Which is also a sacrifice financially. Yeah. Because you know, that's a choice. Like I, I have a nanny at home because I absolutely need her. It's a sacrifice, but it's a choice. Yeah. Right. And and I feel um, that, uh, first of all, um, I decided that I wanted to grow the hard, the hard way. I mean, grow where I was going to be absent um, 10 hours in a day, specifically at the beginning. Right. Of 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 the journey. And my kids were young. So it's either I sacrifice, of course, money. In order and in exchange of time with my family, because imagine me coming home from a long day, um, having to come like back in the day, many women did it right, mm-hmm. like home and cook, clean, prepare the kids to go to bed, and everything else. And what comes into that anger is frustration, is resentment, resentment and. And you're screaming at your kids constantly. And then Saturdays, like, do laundry. Like, what we were used to seeing, right? Um, doing laundry and cleaning and doing... And then again, like, screaming at your kids and why they left this here. I mean, we scream anyway, but... Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a different scream. It, and, and I exchange money, which you have to pay to get this for the time. And I read a lot and I listen to a lot of podcasts and, and it, it boils down to um, what makes you feel happy, right? Like, are you willing to sacrifice that finance? But also uh, with that time, you're not spending doing the chores that we, they told us that we're supposed to do um, as a female. Um, mm-hmm. um, you're exchanging that for something more valuable. Right, just time with your family, number one. And obviously shattering ceiling, growing yes. professionally. Yeah. I'm glad you're saying this because I don't hear any shame in your voice around saying, like, I've outsourced this, I don't do laundry, I cook only when I want to. Mm-hmm. And I think that more women need to take the stance. I, I think I speak to a lot more women that say that they're stressed. And of course, you know, uh, finances is, is an option being able to afford that. But whenever you, 
you don't do it, like there's something else you're giving up. Money is not the only thing it costs you, right? Like you said, your peace, it's resentment. It's all of these things that come into play when you have to come home and do these things. Um, and for the woman listening, like it doesn't even have to be like a full-time person you have at home. Like one, one, one day a week, have someone come into your laundry, clean your house. Yes. Yes. Or every other week where you have that time to spend. I mean, it, it's a stage, right? It's a process. And I told my lady, um, you're going to grow with me. Right now, I can't really pay you what you're worth, but you will, I promise you, you will grow with me. And that that's it. Like, yes. Um, she started with me when Nicholas was six months, I mean, three months old. And, you know, she, she definitely grew with me, with my career, with, with, of course, income, she grew as well. And um, her income grew as well. So um, you, you exchange one thing for the other. And, and I'm pretty sure every woman has an extra $30 a week to treat herself with help. Mm -hmm. It's just your how you prioritize. And at the beginning, it's going to sound like a sacrifice. Well, I'm sacrificing this. And I'm not eating that, I don't know, extra Starbucks coffee or whatever it is that you do or doing my nails this way that I love. But eventually you're going to be able to do that and the nail. Yeah. And <laughs> I compensate with something else. Yeah, because we're not we're used to the way that our mothers did things or our grandmothers where they did did do it all. And there's no trophy for that. Mm -mm. So you were able to then really focus on your career. Can you talk to us about what that climb was like? Because you hold a really prestigious position at a very big company. Well, um, I started, of course, as an advisor, which is where everybody starts. I My goal was to help um, the Latino Spanish community in financial literacy, which is very underserved. Um, and then as I was in that role, um, I could have, of course, stayed in that role, which is an amazing role as well. Um, but I wanted impact in a larger um, space, right? Mm -hmm. I wanted to create more of an impact. And the only way was to go in into management, right? And um, going into management as a Latino market manager, which was my first role in management, um, it was to help Spanish and Portuguese speaking advisors get in front of the community. Mm. So of course, as a solo person, try to impact the community. I can only help a small, small group, but if I help 70 advisors get in front of the community is different, right? It's larger, larger scale. So I saw that as an opportunity to get into corporate, to learn more about the after knowing so much of the outside and the field, learn more the inside of the company and, and how we um, are focused in different markets, specifically the Latino market. Um, then I said, you know what, um, it's, it's time to change after two years and a half. I learned so much here. I, I want to kind of go back to the field, but as a partner of my firm, mm -hmm. right? Where I got to now hire individuals that serviced different communities, not only the Latino, right? I have a very diverse team of advisors from all sorts of, of, of backgrounds and cultural. And now I feel, I say I'm an octopus because not only do I um, focus on my Latino community, there's so many communities that need financial literacy, including the women's market, huge 
uh, market that I really represent as a woman and at hiring females as well. Mm -hmm. So um, um, after that, seven years as a partner, um, helped develop a very strong team, um, build many relationships along the way. And um, last year, 2022, I got promoted to being a senior partner which now I take upon a bigger role in my firm. I help the, not only my unit grow, my my um, team, but also the firm in general get to the next levels. Of course, at New York Life, um, which is the Manhattan General Office, one of the largest offices in, in, in the company. So how are you handling all of this as a woman? You talked about your faith and... Mm-hmm. Right before we jumped on the call, we were talking about motherhood. And as our kids grow and become preteens and teens, it's a whole other side of you that's needed to show up as a mother and help raise these kids. How is it that you manage yourself, manage your mindset, run your day to be able to take all of this on? I'm going to say it's not easy. I mean, it's, First, you you said right faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, always waking up to, of course, thank you, Lord, thank you, Jesus, um, thank you for allowing me to wake up another day and and just hold me by your hand, hold me with you know, hold my hands through the day because you wake up but you don't know what's going to happen. No, <laughs> you have to. You have, you know, I wake up, I I pray, uh, and sometimes. To be honest, very, very honest, sometimes I do the opposite. Sometimes I'm so like um, focused on work and, and that I open up my dashboard and look at my emails. And, and I was so mad at myself actually this past Monday because I, I wake up and I open this. And of course, sometimes you open and everything is nice and glory, but sometimes you open and it's not what you want to see. Sends you into panic. And then gets you into panic and you forget about your prayers, your, and everything just boils down to that. Um, your attitude, the way you feel, the way you talk to your kids and, and all that stuff. So it's, it's becoming aligned, right? With what's my process when I get up, first and foremost, and how am I going to handle my day? Because you can get up, go to your kids' room, wake them up, and they have, especially my 12-year-old, an attitude, he doesn't want to wake up, he doesn't want to go to school, um, you know, he's, he's, and, and he's dragging himself to the bathroom, he's everything, like, wrong, and how you handle that, and that's a surprise, that's, nobody's telling you that that's going to happen tomorrow, it's not in your calendar, right, so it's praying, and every day, um, at every moment, telling God, just guide me, put words in my mouth, um, put the right words in my mouth, take me through the day. And mindset, um, positive all the time. Yes, do I crumble? Of course I do. Of course I crumble. And and all the negativity comes in my head and all the doubts and all the uncertainties and what's going to happen. Like this time of the year is the end of the year is the most crucial stage of the year for us. Like I am in, stress mode at all times but how do you handle that make the difference and um god helps me handle that reading a lot of books um listening to 
positive podcast in the mornings, um, shutting down the news. Um, I don't watch none of it. <laughs> Any nothing. You said that I don't watch the news either because we know that we know things are happening, um, and we pray for our world, but. Yeah. There's a difference between going out and searching for the things that are going to stress you out. Yeah. And trying to, you know, maintain your center of control. I believe that the more you promote things, the bigger they become. So mm-hmm. if you focus in what you focus, it would just expand. Yeah. Right. It right. would just expand. energy flows. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so that, and of course, um, I would say um, my husband is a big support um, in in this whole process. Um, I can never, I would never leave him out. Um, he also, it was a, it was a family decision for me to take this path, um, and it takes a lot from a Spanish man born and raised in Dominican Republic to say, "Go ahead, you can rise," and I'm okay with it, right? I'm glad you're saying that because I feel like in our culture, it's kind of um, so normalized now to bash men and especially Latino men and toxic masculinity. But I admire you for um, shouting out your Dominican born husband who is supportive, who does want to see a woman on top. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, it was a family decision where I, you know, we have this conversation and every move in my career is a family decision because it's going to have some sacrifice yeah. in the family, right? Like time specifically. Um, this time of the year or June, which is a crucial time as well, I'm like I'm at the edge, right? So they know that. My kids know that. My husband knows that. And um, sitting down and saying, okay, what is the growth opportunity you have? Versus the, you know, the growth opportunity that I have in my careers. And measuring those things. At the end of the day, it's, it's for both of us. It's for our family. It's not for just me, right? Mm-hmm. So um, doing that at the beginning, and you're going to have to take ownership of the kids when I'm not around. When I travel, when I go away, when I have to stay late. You, you know, you take them to all their extra curriculum. You figure out how you're going to get home on time. Or stay home, work from home. Thanks to COVID, COVID did a lot of good things. I have to say, we have that balance. Um, but yeah, he's very supportive when I am in like the floor, on the floor, like crying because I feel like the time is running and I'm not gonna get to this goal with the other one. Um, he's he picks me up. He's like, no, you always do. You always make it. You always make it happen. And and that is like fills me with strength to continue going and making it happen. There's so much there. So those moments that you say you're you're on the floor and you're you're looking at a goal, kind of seeming like it's going to escape you. What goes through your mind at those moments? How do you pull it together? Everything goes through. She just took a deep breath, guys. (laughs) She just went. Um, is very uncertain. Um, everything. I mean, in my career, right, depends on a lot of people. I mean, you've been in kind of similar role where Audrey, where this goal depends on twenty other people also pulling together and making it happen. 
and you wish you could get in everybody's mind <laughs> and just and just um, build that surge of surge of um, sense of urgency within them. Um, but um, negativity goes through my mind a lot, you know, a lot of it. Um, and then you go from being, I'm not gonna, it's not gonna happen. I'm too far. Um, this one is not responding to whatever it is. To, to like, yes, it's gonna happen. I have faith. You know, God is with me. He's gonna take me through that path. Um, and then you, but it's it's the ability to again alignment and um, focus and becoming aware of when those negative thoughts come into play. Just snap out of it. And you might stay there for a whole day too. It's not going to be like, okay, I th- no, the next second you're going to think positive. No, no, no. It's probably a whole day of negativity where you want to go inside your sheets and just forget about the world. Mm-hmm. And nobody, you don't want nobody to bother you. So um, then the next day you wake up and it's a brand new day. And you're like, oh, and you look at your 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 Excel, your sheet, your roster, whatever your dashboards, you're like, oh, this can happen. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's it's very it's a roller coaster of emotions and of things that that happens at the moment that will give you that hope. And then the next hour something will happen that crushes your hope. So it's learning how to navigate through that. And I've been in it for a long time. So I think I'm used to it now. <laughs> what is it that says it's it's a, an important skill in life to learn how to mitigate your disappointment? Yes. Yes. And people will disappoint you. Um, things that you do will disappoint you or your own mistakes will disappoint you because we also make mistakes that later on, later on you say, if you are aware of it, you say, oh, this, this is happening because of this that I made in the past. Like, mm-hmm. I always believe in looking at yourself at the mirror mm-hmm. all the time and analyzing yourself. Like, okay, instead of me pointing fingers at the 20, 25 people that I can manage, let's see what I did wrong. Right. That self-accountability is crucial mm-hmm. because there is so much power um, and so many things that you can put into effect when you learn to look at what you can do versus like, oh, that, that person didn't do this. Mm-hmm. And we live in a field that feel that it's very don't want self accountability mm-hmm. or ignores it like it's always about the other person or the system or what's happening. And no, I always, I most of the time try to look at myself in the mirror yeah. all the time. Yeah. Before we go, I have one more question for you, which is, how do you pass this on to your children? What does that look like as a family union? But you mentioned already that you make decisions together, but like um, really uh, passing along your values, your faith, your work ethic. There's so much that we know that our children see just from watching us and implement. Mm -hmm. But what are the things that happen together as a family? So first is like you just mentioned, um, you can say whatever you want to your kids. if They're not seeing it in you not going it's 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 like okay why is she telling me this she's not doing it herself he's not doing it herself second um one thing that is non-negotiable um in my house is when we sit down at the dinner table um 
I use my dinner table. That's for me to use. We bought it. It's for the family to use, not for only visitors or to keep it nice and pretty with um, utensils and ornaments. Um, I use my dinner table and we're, we're there. We have conversation about life. About no what phones, happens. no social media, just talking. Nothing, Nothing at all. Um, we just sit and they know it. Oh, and even if we go out to a restaurant, they're not allowed to use their phones. So is our time to conversate? Because imagine, I was raised in the Dominican Republic and I was raised where at 12, we sat, when we came from school, we sat in the, in the table, we ate as a family. It was, even though we fought with each other or the kids, whatever, over the soda or whatever, we still, is is it was healthy. We learned so many things. And now we come into um, a country or a city where time is very like everything is in a rush and everybody eats on their own pace and you eat here and I eat there. No. I made that a rule since I got married. This is going to be it. Like we are going to sit in a dinner table to eat and we're going to have conversations and we're going to question each other. How was your day? What did you like about it? What made you, what, how that made you feel? Why you, why you think you felt that way? Those questions that allow you to learn more about your kids, but they learn about themselves too, right? They learn what triggers them, what, what encourages, what motivates them, right? Um, and you also have to learn that. I mean, we were raised, I mean, did our parents really know what motivated us? <laughs> And it's interesting because I I know how old your kids are and I think about mine and it's like hard to get those answers out of them. Oh, yeah. But I think that what matters more is the tradition, the knowing that they have that space. And I find with my kids, sometimes I feel like I'm blue in the face repeating something to them. I'm like, oh, they don't get it. And then and the moment that you least expect, you see how they were reflecting upon what you said and the things that you've shown them until it's them like, why aren't we having dinner at the table? Why aren't you asking me what's going on today? I know. Yes. Why are we so quiet? Yeah. They, 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 why are we so quiet? Like, or if sometimes Nicholas, you know, when I'm in that frustration mode, he can see it in my face. Mommy, why are you so mad? Mm. Like, and I snap out of it because maybe I'm not noticing it, but he is. It's and I allow criticism for my kids um, oh. because that means constructive criticism. That means that when their superior teachers, professors, coaches give them constructive criticism, they won't they won't crumble. They would accept it and they will work on that. Mm-hmm. But if I don't accept constructive criticism from my kids, then what about them from others? It's gonna continue the same roulette that we've been living on for and and i think that like as first generation um latinas we were raised that we couldn't speak back to our parents yet you know only speak when spoken to most times um but i love to then be able to foster in my kids the ability to use their voice and have an honest conversation with me and especially as they get older, we were talking about those preteen years and how you have to show up differently. It requires more vulnerability from you 
Whereas before I would lie to my kids like, oh, the park is closing. We can't go now. But now I have to sit there and tell them the truth about things. Yeah. Well, right now we can't go or yeah, I have these conversations um, with them or like, you know, with both of them. Mariana, you know, she's eight, but she thinks like she's a teenager. And and, um, you know, right now um, I'm in crunch time and I need to focus on this. So, um, you know, is not there's not a balance right now. Right now I'm focused on this work, whatever it is. And I promise you that when this is over, this crunch time season is over, it's going to be all you. Yeah. Like work is going to take a little toll and then it's you. So that's how I manage that work-life balance that everybody talks about, which really doesn't exist. It's like yeah. right now you're focused here and then in three months you'll be focused over there. <laughs> Your yeah. family, whatever it is. Yeah. And I, I think that even the idea of balance is something that you have to look at at a larger scale. I always tell clients that we moments of this like great hustle and head down working hard, long hours are only worth it if you make sure that you're putting in the right amount of effort so that you do have the freedom on the other side. Yeah. You know, you're working from home today because that's yes. something that you've earned. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it wasn't the case um, four years ago, right? Mm -hmm. It was not the case at all. I would be right now downtown in the financial district, no matter what, right? But there's there comes a point in your career where you really earn that flexibility, right? We always say, um, you know, it's a very flexible opportunity to work um, with New York Life. However, you need to earn that flexibility. Right, you need to earn that that the ability to work from home or stay home or just clear your calendar for the rest of the day. You have to earn that. And and it happens, but it happens when you put in the work the first couple of years. Like like anything, like any business, right? You open up a bit of supermarket, right? You know it firsthand, right? Like how much sacrifice into that in the beginning. And then you earn to say, Well, now my managers can run it and I can Relax a little bit more. And or a flexible mindset. Mm -hmm. mindset. Because you could put in the hours, but the whole time you're complaining internally, like thinking yeah. it shouldn't be me. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference. You're like, I'm I'm here to learn. I'm here to make the most out of this opportunity. And I know it will pay off. Absolutely. Definitely. Jahida, you know, for those people that follow me and know who I am, they know about my three daily disciplines, which is prayer fitness and mindset work. And you talk to us about how that comes into your journey. I've asked women to give me their favorite Bible verse. Can you share yours with us? It Yes, of course. Um, I have several, but my favorite favorite, which aligns with me is Proverbs um, 3, 5 to 6. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. Amen. It really defines me. That's really powerful. Because yeah. one of the things that I really want to emphasize in this podcast is that we live in a world where manifestation is very prevalent and, and, and normalized, right? And there's nothing wrong with proclaiming what you want 
but going after it in faith because you know, when Jesus talks about that, ask and you will receive in the Bible, he talks about, you know, what son is going to, what father is going to give his son a snake when he asks for bread? Mm-hmm. Because when we hold on to God and we ask, we try to align our will with his will, he teaches us what is good for us versus what we think today is good for us. That's probably not tomorrow. Absolutely. It defines me. It's, it's a small verse right? A small passage, but it defines me in all ways because sometimes you do think, why? Why not now? Why Why not when I planned it to be, right? It's because it's not your time. You're not ready for it. So it's time for you to work on yourself so God can give you this, right? But if he puts you through that, he will guide you along the way. And I feel like my path as an adult has been that, like, okay, this is not for me. Um, of course, when you're young, you don't understand why it's not for you. But then as you start building into your faith and learning more about God, you start understanding why it wasn't for you and what God had for you, right? And how that is like a puzzle. Everything just comes together. Um, and at the end, he, he will guide you and whatever that is. If he doesn't give you what you really want at that moment, it's because he's teaching you something. It's the ability to remain docile. And and like you said, just always allowing him to guide us through it all. Absolutely. Jahaira, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, your experience, and your daily walk and the things that go on inside the walls of your home with your family. Um, can you tell our listeners where to find you and connect with you? Well, I'm on social media, Instagram, um, Jahaira Munoz Bargalo, all together. Um, Facebook, Jahaira Munoz, um, both um, personal and um, professional pages. And on LinkedIn, Jahaira Munoz. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening. God bless you. Thank you for having me. Bye.